Good evening and welcome to Shifting Gears Podcast. I'm Isaac. And I'm Paul. And this is episode four. Where we're going to talk about how to buy a used car. So stay the tuned. art of the deal. Yes, yes. Everyone should listen because this really, essentially, everyone's going to end up having, I shouldn't say everyone. Unless you're that rich. If you're that rich. But most people have a car. Most people need to buy the car. I mean, not a lot of people are just given cars. So this episode should appeal to you. That's the goal, at least. That's the goal. So should we start with our new segment? We should. So our new segment that we've been talking about doing for a while, but it's kind of hard to do in Michigan in the winter, is car spotting. So what kind of cool cars do we see this week? And I have two. One of them is a cool car that makes me sad. And one of them is a very uncool car. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to start with the cool one. This afternoon I was driving to class and out of a subdivision, a little bit down, probably a mile and a half from my house, pulls a pulls out a black brand new GTR in the snowstorm. What? Like, I, I really thought it was cool to see, but I really felt bad for that car that it was in the middle of a snowstorm and all that salt. Yeah. I sure hope they weren't running summer tires on it. I don't. They're all-wheel drive, so I mean, it should still. Go, but like, still, <laughs> summer tires in the snow. I sure hope it wasn't the bottom of the hill by your house. It was. Um, it was like right by uh, the Halls Sports Center, right oh, there. Okay. So yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was just sad. That is sad. So the second one is much more entertaining. So um, is it something I'm gonna like? Uh, I don't think anybody likes it, except for the guy who's driving it. Well, you don't know if he actually likes it or not. You oh, could... he does. Okay. So we, me and my uh, two buddies, Jake and Marv, were uh, driving to go to Cabela's to wander around on a lazy Saturday. And because uh, I mean, what else do you do on Saturday except wander around Cabela's and play with things you, you can't afford outside in the snow? Yeah, it's too cold. Uh, you have a snowmobile. Yeah, I know, but... Have you gotten it out this year? No, that's not the point of the episode, <laughs> Isaac. <laughs> no, I, I just haven't had time. <laughs> so, um, we're driving to Cabela's on Saturday afternoon. We're pulling up to the stoplight, and I'm like, what is that thing? And it's this tiny little rusty silver uh, Toyota Echo that was... it. So... It, well, it, a Toyota <clears throat> Echo, really? Uh-huh. Well, just listen. I'm not done yet. <laughs> so we were pulling up, and we're trying to look at it because it's 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 past tastefully lowered, but not quite slammed. It has generally orange steely wheels on it. It has dual exhaust straight out the center of the rear end. Like out but, of the bumper? Like no, like like centered next to each other okay. in the back. But they're like broken off and loose. Just dangling there loosely. Was and it loud? It was really freaking loud. In the back window was a giant sticker that says subcompact lifestyle. In like the wavy letters that like, you know, rich kids put on the back of their lifted Silverados. Wow. So we pull up next to them. And I'm in my, we're in the race Rolla here. Yeah. So are you, we got, the, are you to the left of him? I am to the left of him. Okay. So they can't see you. And he is a guy of very close to my stature. 
Uh, they can't see me because my left windows are tinted. Yeah, they're tinted, but not the right side. No, no, one of the right sides is. One of them's not. Okay. So the part of the an episode later on. But uh, we pull up next to this guy, and he is about my stature. So a big dude sitting in this car with a big old beard, and he looks over at me. Because I don't know how he could see me. Maybe the sun was coming through the window or what. Because it's got like, my car's got like 5% tint on that side. And he starts revving. And I'm like, well, we got to go now. So at the light goes green, we take off. and I sure hope you beat him. Oh, I, we didn't lose. <laughs> That's good. So we the, the race roll-up beat a Toyota Echo to 45 miles an hour. Yeah. But I just found that rather entertaining that he thought his Toyota Echo was that cool. Hey, some people love their cars. So that those are my car spottings for the week. Did you have anything? Um, not as cool as yours, but two that stood out to me. So the first was on Saturday. Um, it snowed on Saturday, didn't it? Um, it snows every day. I just kind of Saturday forget. was weird. It was like getting ready for the the wind to get him. That's right. It was a little bit warm. It was kind of the point where the weather's not freezing but just above so everything's slightly melting but isn't and the roads are and then it gets night out and everything freezes and yeah the ice. roads are wet and it wasn't really a great day when I mean, it was overcast and um but i saw a really nice 65 not notchback ford mustang out like a really nice one and i was just kind of like shocked like why would you be driving that yeah out and about for, right for those now? of you who don't know anyone in michigan who cares about a car stores it, it from no- november to april, april yeah minimum so uh, i i was surprised by that yeah so yeah anyway it was sharp i mean my dream car someday is a blue 65 ford mustang so and this one was dark green i but it was really cool like that and then did you leave a shifting gear sticker underneath the windshield wiper no it passed me while driving oh, oh that's depressing yeah and then the other one um paul's gonna roll his eyes (laughs) i haven't even heard it i just rolled my eyes there is someone in my neighborhood i gotta meet this guy um who is driving winter driving a na mazda miata that looks like you said meet this guy it has to be a girl uh, no it's a guy i've seen him um and it looks like it was that's what you think pulled out of a junkyard it's It's got 2019 isaac You can't oh. assume people's gender. I have seen him multiple times in the <laughs> past week. All right. He drives past my house. He lives somewhere in my neighborhood. Anyways, um, it's painted four different colors. It's got a ripped top. Um, it just looks beat. And <laughs> He drives in the winter. <laughs> he's driving it in the winter. I was behind him the other day, and it sounds good. I mean, I rolled my crack in my window, and it sounds good. It doesn't sound all ratty but i was like good for you man there's a prof- i have a professor that uh daily drives year-round a subaru brz those things are known for breaking it loose on dry pavement so that guy's got yeah. some serious nards i hope i hope both of those people have winter tires on i know the brz does i see it in the parking lot all the time yeah he's got blizz x but if i need to find this guy and give him a shifting gears sticker yes you do you should go for a run i actually saw his car in front of a shop on my way home tonight oh well yeah give him a stiff gear sticker i should have yeah so anyways should we move into the main topic we should so 
Our main topic. We th- should preface this first. Oh yeah. Well, say the main topic, and then I'll preface. Why Our main we're doing topic it. we've talked about a little bit is how to buy a used car. So the art yeah. of the deal and the test drive. Yeah, and this came from my sister who just bought a used car a few months ago, but she didn't really know how to buy a used car. And she's like, you should tell people how to buy a used car, which is a really good idea. So to start off this section, I am going to tell the story about how I acquired the Rally Roll-Up. It is a very interesting story. You should try to condense it a little bit. I will condense it. So Otherwise, we'll be here till midnight. <laughs> so uh, this summer, we sold uh, the... 893 Toyota pickup I was driving. That truck. I like that truck too. It was a lot of fun. But we sold that one and we're going to bring down the Fuego to my aunt and uncle's house in Arkansas to get more storage space in our pole barn for other endeavors. Since we're going to be down there with a flatbed already because the Fuego doesn't run, uh, we figured we might as well look for a car for me while we were down there that wasn't all rusty like everything up here in the price range I had. Yeah, if you're shopping for a car under $5,000 in Michigan, it's, it's going to be a rusty POS. It's going to have lots of rust. So we were down there, and we looked all over in town. At my aunt and uncle live in Hope, Arkansas, and we looked all over Hope and um, didn't find much that I liked. On Craigslist, I found one that was like 25, 30 minutes away that was a Mercedes wagon diesel with a manual in 85. It was blue. Ah, uh, dang and it. I wanted it so bad, <laughs> but the guy couldn't come show it to me until uh, Wednesday of that weekend, and I was going to be gone by then. He was camping or whatever up yeah. in the mountains, so that one wasn't going to happen. So we looked at like four other cars, and then we went up and test drove a Nissan Hardbody up on the Arkansas, uh, Those are cool. Oklahoma border. And while we were test driving that one, I went to hit the brakes, and they didn't have any brakes left, and we coasted right through an intersection right into Oklahoma. <laughs> right from Arkansas into Oklahoma. So we turned it around and uh, went back. And I, I think that was the favorite my dad looked at, of the ones we looked at. But I just wasn't I wasn't buying it. And was it four-wheel drive? It was four-wheel drive, V6. Okay. It was, wasn't going to get the gas mileage I needed for driving yeah. almost 100 miles a day to work. Paul drives way too much. So Isaac doesn't drive enough. I drive two miles a day. So Actually, 2.4. I, I do a lot more than that. We found this car... I found this car on Craigslist over in Tyler, Texas, which is about an hour and a half from where we currently were. And um, it looked like it was in a normal residential neighborhood, whatever, normal guy selling it. So I call him up and he's like, yeah, I'll be around this afternoon to stop by whenever. I'm like, all right. So we drive over there. We're pulling in and it's kind of in the shadier neighborhood than I would prefer. So not a super great neighborhood. Uh, We pull up and this guy's got his house in the front, but in the back he's got probably 10 used cars, all low budget cars, and a Lowe's shed, like you'd buy a pre-assembled Lowe's shed like up a on plastic s- shed. It, it was it, I think it I think it had or was it one of those like prefab ones? I think it was a prefab like a Amish shed. Yeah, okay. And uh with an air conditioner out the side of it with a bit, with spray paint across the top office. Oh. <laughs> like oh boy here we go and we go up and look at the car and he walks out and this rather large man and uh he walks up and he's call me mc i'm gonna call you whatever you want man <laughs> just looking at the car uh he gives us the keys and we take it for a test drive and in the middle of the test drive we stop and 
look at and start and drive around the parking lot a 78 full-size Bronco in the middle of a test drive of the Corolla that I was fully convinced my dad was going to buy. <laughs> but he, I think he was too scared of my mom. Sorry, mom. <laughs> but um, it was a really nice Bronco for cheap. So we get back, and there was a Mazda 3 there that was in my price range. And I really didn't like the looks of it that much, but I figured Isaac would yell at me if I didn't test drive the Mazda in the price range. It was range. a slush box, wasn't it? It was an automatic, yeah. but the shifter was broke off halfway down, so you just had a stub. Uh, I'd stay away from that. Yeah, I drove it, and I'm like, drove it like around the block, and I'm like, you know, I'm done. I'm done. So we bring that back, and we're like, all right. We we get back, and I didn't really see my mom or my uncle there with us, whatever. I figure they're just in the car or what. Uh <clears throat> they uh we we talked to MC and work out a deal on the car and he's all he's like all right come inside they're already in there we'll celebrate with more beer <laughs> all right we walk in my mom my uncle already got coronas from this guy and he cracks open one for me and my dad and we sit there for probably an hour and a half and just drink coronas with this guy <laughs> and then we sign all the papers and he fills out so the first thing is i didn't want to pay texas taxes yeah. On this car. So he works his all the deal out and so we didn't have to pay Texas taxes on it. And then uh his wife's like trying to offer us food and stuff. And wow. We were hanging out there and then he's like, Oh, how long do you need the temporary plate for? I'm like, Well, as long as you can give it to me And he's all right, you got it for three months. <laughs> so I drove around for three months with the temporary plate on it from Texas and Michigan and I had a couple of weird questions on that. Yeah. But uh got the rally rolling and 15,000 miles later I've only had to put an alternator in it. So I didn't know you had to put an alternator in it. Yeah, uh, like um it's a couple months ago. Oh. It's got a front main seal leak if you overfill it with oil and when it if you like run it like 3 quarters of the way full or whatever yeah. on my hash marks it doesn't leak. But if you fill it up all the way full it leaks and then it drops on the serpentine belt and throws it all inside the alternator so the alternator just gets this black sludge dripping out of it and i don't i think it's a fried it huh so interesting but it's easier just to keep it three quarters full than to actually fix the front main seal yeah so that is the short story of picking nice. up the rally rolla yeah it's it's a peach you bought it and See, it didn't have a radio. It didn't have a radio it was missing the shifter boot it, well the shifter boot was there it was just shredded and the center console lid is gone. The center console lid is in the glove box oh. with broken hinges. That's easy enough to fix. And I think every single ricer panel on it, the additional ricer panels that make it the Corolla S, were loose. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, but Other than that, it drives fine. It's a peach. Yeah. So the tires were shot on it when I got it. But I that's just a wear item. I had to replace those. But it's been a great car. So, yeah. But... So, should we move on to more in-depth on the topic? Yeah. So, you know, if you're not going to buy a new car, you can buy a used car, which is what the majority of people do. There's lots of options. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about each option tonight and what the pros and the cons are of um, what you should do. Um, so, you know, I guess to start off the bat, dealerships. Um, Stealerships. Dealerships. I, so... Let's see, I have... I've so these are all different bought, places you can look at and buy vehicles. Yeah, look at and buy a vehicle. Um, I've only ever bought in one of my nine cars at a dealership. That was my Firebird. Is that the know. only car you've purchased that wasn't owned by a family member before you? No. Um, the White Fiero. 
Oh, the white Fiero. The white Fiero. Yeah, I think that might be it. (laughs) 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 The rest I've purchased from my father. But I have, (laughs) shout out to my father. He's owned 53 cars since I've been born. Um, And I've been with him on, I'd probably say 98% of the transactions. So I've, I've gotten a good taste of how to, what to do when purchasing a car. But, you know, dealerships, um, you know, the pros, what are the pros and cons of buying a dealership? Pros, most of the time, you know, majority of the time, 98% of the time, if you're looking for a newer car, say less than five-year-old vehicle, it's going to be at a dealership. Um, it's just, that's how they operate their business. And that's, you know, people who upgrade to a newer vehicle um, usually have, a newer ish vehicle and they do it at the dealership lease trade-ins yeah. or whatever so dealerships also come with a warranty and then a lot of dealerships will do the in quotations certified pre-owned yeah whatever that's, certified that's, means means yeah we guarantee you it was pre-owned basically <laughs> someone owned it before you we guarantee yeah. that you know another pro to dealership they usually have a carfax they should have a carfax if they don't run away yeah um that costs money to do if you're going to, you know, do private party, um, and they'll provide that to you. Um, you know, there's usually a 30 day or 60 day, 90 day type of warranty. Um, and sometimes they'll make do some other weird warranty. And if you want to, for whatever reason you want to purchase an extended warranty, they offer that there. Um, cons vehicles can be overpriced. Um, generally will be overpriced. Generally will be overpriced. You or, might see or more expensive than you can get them other places. Yeah, um, you may see that same vehicle, same trim, year miles at a different dealership for less money. Um, you know, if you really like the one that's more expensive because of the color, or I don't know, it has an option that you really want. It'll be kind of harder. It can be harder to negotiate that. Yep. So. Dealerships are generally harder to negotiate at. They're not just one guy you're dealing with. It's you got to go through the salesman who's got to go through his manager who's yeah. got to go through X Takes other people. Lots of extra time. So, and uh, the other part is they always are going to try to sell you more crap than yeah. just your vehicle. So, oh, you need the rust proofing and you need the extra it, bed liner and floor mats and warranty. And it was amazing when my sister bought my sister bought a 2016 Ford Focus. Um, this past fall and I was with her the day she picked it up from the dealership and they tried to sell her a warranty you know on her infotainment system rust proofing um, tire warranty tire warrant what the heck's a tire and, warranty like roadside coverage and it's like what? Well, that's why you have triple a it's like the tires on the car need to be replaced soon you're not going to get a warranty on tires that I know are going to go bad that's what they're offering you a warranty on <laughs> But it's, I mean, they had different packages, and I think the the cheapest package was like eighteen hundred dollars, um, and that was you know a limited time warranty. Um, there was one; it was like five thousand dollars, which is just outrageous. For, I mean, I, that sounds like a great deal, Isaac. Yeah, I guess if you're financing it for seventy two months, <laughs> <laughs> don't finance a used car for seventy two months. Yeah, or seven. Don't finance a car period for seventy two months. But so you know that's a dealership. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else to talk about a dealership? I don't think so. I think we should move to let's do Craigslist next. Craigslist. Craigslist next. is my favorite place to look for cars. One I have most experience in. Yes. 
So the, some of the pros of Craigslist are there. You can usually get cheaper, better deals, and then you can also find you know, lots of hard to find vehicles, and you also get to meet the current owner who yeah, owns the is, car. Yeah, this is this is big deal. Um, that's I, that's my worst favorite, least favorite thing about looking at cars at a dealership, is you can't meet the person who's been driving it for yeah. the last fifty thousand miles or whatever. You know, one thing I like with Craigslist is usually you exchange you know over texting or email. And if you can arrange, if you're going to buy a car off Craigslist and arrange to meet the person at their home, that's, um, I really like that because you can see everything else they have. Yeah. Everything else they have. What type of house do they live in? Does their house look like they care? You you know, if they open up their garage, is it an absolute mess? Or every other vehicle they have completely falling apart. Yeah. Or is, you know, their house, they have a spotless yard. It look, you know, their other car they have is you know, a nicer vehicle, um, you know, you get to meet the person, see, you know, kind of get a feel for them, you know, you know, the first thing I usually ask is, you know, why are you selling the car? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they say, well, we outgrew it, you know, it's a great car, it's just too small for us, you know, legitimate reason. It's, oh, you know, I didn't like it. Okay, I can kind of get that. But if they kind of just give you a run around the answer, oh, it's a good car, blah, 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 but... Just trying to give it away to someone else. Like I, am, I don't know. Someone else needs to enjoy this. Yeah, it's like I don't know about that. Some of the cons of Craigslist is a lot of new. Like if you're looking for like you know a newer like expensive like, vehicle, it's yeah, going to be less harder than five to find. years old. It can be harder to find. Sometimes there's some sketchy people on Craigslist. You get the scammers. The scammers, and then usually there's no warranty. So there's one that I, I want to talk about. One other thing. Uh, before we go on to the next one, well, uh, the next one I want to talk about isn't on our list, is uh, Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. That's new. That newer. New. And my favorite thing about Facebook Marketplace is you can Facebook stalk the person yeah, you're buying it from. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> so you can, like, like I was I was looking at uh, looking for uh, a Jeep on there a couple weeks ago. And Why I'm, are you looking up Jeeps? You don't, like, want a Jeep. My boss wants one. Oh, okay. I was looking at Jeeps on there, and I found, oh, this looks great. I should send it to him. And then I'm like, I'll oh, Facebook stalk the guy. He's got a picture of the Jeep six foot in the air on the sand dunes. I'm like, no, not, don't want this one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, like, there's it's those kind of things. Or you can, like, figure out, like, their name and stuff and, you know, just kind of look him up other places and see, oh, like, oh, yeah, there's, they're looking at buying a Mustang. Oh, yeah, he's got pictures of it doing a 40-foot burnout down the road. Well, you can look at those kind of things, or you can see uh, just kind of their general, or he's, you know, he's got pictures of, I hate this stupid car, it's always broken, or whatever. Yeah. So you can look at those kind of things, and Facebook Marketplace is basically the same thing as Craigslist with the additional stalking features. Yeah, it's nicer. I've mm-hmm. starting to gravitate more towards Facebook Marketplace. The only thing I don't like about Facebook Marketplace that I like about Craigslist is Craigslist has a much better search engine. Yes. For, you can like select manual or automatic, diesel or gas. Miles. Miles. Years. years. So where Facebook hasn't gotten there yet. It's pretty crude. So they can they, they might get there. I'm sure they'll get better. But Facebook or Craigslist has a better narrowing down feature so you don't have to scroll through 3,000 different things to find the one car you're looking for. Yeah. That's a good so, point. And then our last one on our list is... eBay. eBay is a little bit different ebay is like craigslist in the sense um well it's it's more of a nationwide craigslist nationwide craigslist yeah 
you know, eBay's been around a while. Lots of people have bought vehicles off eBay. My dad has probably bought a dozen cars off eBay. We've bought in a, one car and sold two. What car did you buy off eBay? Uh, we bought our CJ7 off of eBay. Oh. And that thing was a piece. Interesting. So we had a CJ5 that was a total rust bucket. Had the frame welded together, but it had the 258 and the four-speed. And that thing would run like a son of a gun. It ran freaking fantastic every time you went out there. You hit the you hit the key and it just started and drove and ran. So, but my dad wanted something a little bit nicer. This was before the Bronco happened. So we sold that, and he found this rust-free Jeep supposedly down in North Carolina that supposedly ran great. It had the the 305 AMC or 304, whatever the AMC V8 is. The 304 AMC V8, and we they went down and picked it up and. It, He'd already bought it on eBay, so he basically had to take it, but it wasn't yeah. quite as nice as we thought it was going to be. And we got it back, and it didn't run for crap. It wouldn't do. It wouldn't run good. It, you get it running good, and like 20 minutes later, it ran like crap. We ended up going all the way to a motor rebuild, and it still never ran right. Really? And we sold it on eBay again to a dude out in Las Vegas, and I guess he like changed a whole bunch of stuff and got it running right. Like, put a, a crap ton of money in it. And he called us two weeks after we sold it to him, after he dumped all this money in it, and asked for another bill of sale because it got ripped off out of a uh, casino parking lot while he was getting lunch. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's eBay. No, but, no, we sold my mom's Supra on eBay to a guy yeah. out in California, too. So, I mean, that was a great transaction, too. But You know, eBay, there can sometimes you can get better deals. Um, sometimes in, Or find rare stuff that you uh, yeah, can't find. Yeah, very hard to find um, if you're looking for a specific car. Um, a specific year, you know, transmission, trim. Um, you said that hard to find stuff is really what ma- is what makes eBay really stand out. Um, it's slightly one tier better than Craigslist because the seller has a reputation, or not a reputation. A rating. A rating. Um, you can look at their history, see what other things that they've Don't buy sold. anything from anyone on eBay without a history, a yeah, rating or a history. That's Without at least contacting them first. Yeah, and you can get a feel for the person, you know, of their listing. Do How many photos do they have? Are they good photos? Is the description long? If they've got two photos of the car in four sentences, don't even waste your time. Were they willing to pay the extra money to let you be able to blow up the pictures big? Because yeah. sometimes on eBay you can only look at like the thumbnail size pictures, which doesn't tell you. Which anything. doesn't tell you anything. You have to pay extra on your listing to be able to blow have your people blow them up big. So if they're doing that, it's generally more of a warm fuzzy feeling than if they're keeping them small so you can't see the details. Yeah. Do they list a way to um, for you to get a hold of them? Other than just the eBay Messenger, which yeah. sucks. Can you call them and ask them questions? You know, specific questions about the vehicle. Um, yeah, I I like eBay. I don't have a problem buying a vehicle off eBay. Um, no, I, I, I it has to be the right vehicle. Yeah. But in for in general, I don't really have a problem with eBay either. Um, so some e- of the cons, the biggest one is usually the distance makes it not impossible, but almost impossible to drive it before purchasing. Yeah. Or seeing it, I should like, say. When we had our, we were selling our Supra, we had a guy drive all the way from St. Louis to test drive it, and then he test drove it like made us an offer on it but like i was on ebay like with an auction over the reserve so i couldn't take the offer yeah but it was his offer was over what the reserve current was currently at and i said i can't take that you know whatever 
because it's on it's off reserve it's off the reserves off so it's going to sell on eBay um just to be fair to those people and he never bid on it that's weird he drove all the way from St. Louis drove it offered he found me more. it from eBay yeah huh it was really an odd situation i don't think there's any other cons with eBay so. no not that think. i found so I think that's all we got there. Yeah. So let's move on what to look for when you're looking at the car. Yeah. <clears throat> so the first thing that I like to want to talk about is location. Um, now, this is something I kind of found out a little bit when I was looking for my Corolla. Is if you don't care about if you have a dark colored car and you're willing to drive a little bit and you live up north, look down south. Because black cars go for significantly cheaper than like a white or a gray car down south. That is very interesting. So my car, the guy said he had it for like three months and couldn't get rid of it because it was black. Huh. And uh, I, I get it. It's freaking hot down there. Yeah. And also, I, I was told by multiple people down there, if you have a car down there without air, that the air conditioning is broken and it's going to be too much money to fix it, the car basically might as well be scrapped. So what? if you, yeah, <laughs> well, it's 110 out and you don't have air conditioning. Okay, I get, guess. And your black car. Uh, like half my cars didn't have working air. <laughs> this is my first vehicle with air conditioning. It's quite glorious, isn't it? It's freaking sweet. <laughs> so I think my Dart was the first car with reliable air conditioning. But until you shifted it. So yeah. Whenever I drove his Dart and shifted, my front knuckle would hit the air conditioning button and turn, turn it, it off. off. And then you get really sweaty. <laughs> I get really sweaty and I couldn't figure out why the air was. I, I dropped Isaac off at the ferry to go over to Wisconsin once. Yeah. And I drove his car back to his house, and I called him like halfway back, like, "Dude, your air conditioning doesn't work." <laughs> I and, was pissed. I like couldn't figure it out. What I do figured, you mean it's not working? <laughs> it's a two-year-old car; it should bro- be working. You broke my Dodge. <laughs> uh, so, and then um, up north, if you're looking from down south, you can get good deals on like rear-wheel drive-only pickup trucks. Go for cheap up here because yeah, they're. Or- they're basically worthless to us front wheel drive suvs yeah front wheel drive suvs rear wheel drive pickup trucks they're basically worthless to us so come get them um and a lot of times with those rear wheel drive pickups it's hard to drive them in the snow so people won't drive them in the winter so they tend to be in better shape yeah um vehicles with crappy tires up here especially getting closer to winter yeah you can get them cheap because no one wants to buy a car and then put a hundred or $1,000 of tires on it. Hey, I'm driving a car with crappy tires. You got three cars, Isaac. No one cares. <laughs> and then um, another thing is if you don't care about rust or you're into body work, you can get some vehicles with some very nice natural weight reduction down here. Yes, up here. Up here. So Lots by, of weight reduction. Na- uh, by weight reduction, we mean rust. Yes. So, I mean, that's just kind of your geographic area where you're looking at. So if you don't care about one or the other... You can go and drive a little bit and get a little bit better deal. Yeah. So the next thing to look for is price. Yeah. You know, budget's probably most, I'd say, majority of people's biggest area of concern. Um, you know, if you're going to a dealership and they ask you what the price, you know, what's your budget or what's your price, don't spit off a monthly payment if you're going to finance the car because then they'll try to put you in the most expensive car that they can for that you know say i want to spend fifteen thousand dollars on a vehicle no more than that with tax and so you know limit yourself to that i've never personally bought a vehicle on a loan so that's nothing i've ever thought about so that's new information to me but generally off of like craigslist ebay that kind of stuff assume you can get about 
maybe 15% lower than what they're asking is a kind yeah. of a general people are always they have an idea what they're going to sell it for and they'll always set that the price higher than what they actually want don't be afraid to lowball people either yeah like i mean don't be a total jerk and offer them like a thousand dollars or something they have listed for 10 grand but i mean i i, I actually did that once but uh, <laughs> my f-150 i went and test drove they're asking five grand for it and the mo I'm like this motor shot <laughs> they're like oh i'll give you 500 bucks for it they call me back like a day later yeah we'll take it wow so they were not smart but you got a good deal uh, well i it, the motor was blown yeah <laughs> but uh so i mean yeah don't be afraid to you know throw down a low offer you know you don't know how desperate someone is yeah so don't ever pay asking price for a vehicle on craigslist yeah the, that's not smart condition condition this is a big one um you know before you even start the car in just walking up and walking up you know walking up to the car and walking around it you can tell a lot about the vehicle how's the paint you know are there a lot of scratches on it are there i had a this past summer i had a year old chevy malibu rental car and there were scratches all over the roof of it and the trunk lid before I even took it out of the lot, I stopped and I'm like, you know, look at this car, look at the paint. And they go, oh, yeah, we'll make sure to note that. And, you know, I think they run their, they might run their cars through one of those car washes with oh, the, the, the drum on top. The drum, yeah. Cause when I we don't do touch car washes. Dro- um, pulled away from the, I think it was Enterprise. There, I saw that car wash right there. Um, you know, that can really affect the paint and scratch it. Are there a lot of door dings, you know? That could be a sign either it was in a garage and got dinged up from being in a garage or sat outside in a parking lot and got beat up. So My dad's Impala has like one spot right next to the mirror where it has red mark on it. Because my mom's pickup. The, uh-huh, the, truck, the truck and the car sit really close to each other in our tiny garage. And it, I'm pretty sure every time that door gets opened, it gets bumped into the car <laughs> next to it. But they're all in one spot. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know... Look at that. Look at the glass. You know, usually factory glass has the manufacturer's logo on it. Ford is what? Carlite. Um, yeah, I think so. Carlite. Uh, I'm trying to think. Mazda. I know Mazda has the Mazda logo. Um, what's GM? Uh, uh, Dura glass. Dura glass. So I don't know. Something. But usually, in the corner of the of the glass, it'll say the manufacturer. Um, you know, if you look at the windshield and it says, I don't know, Safe Flight on it oh you can tell it has a new windshield it's a relatively new vehicle you know maybe inquire about that if it's a 10 year old car you know maybe got a stone chip and you have the windshield replaced that makes more sense and yeah ask about that i've had the windshield replaced on i think three of my daily drivers yeah so i've not had to deal with that my f-150 got it replaced because i was following someone in a service van and they threw a nut and bolt out the window and it embedded itself in my dry, in my front windshield. I called the service company. Yeah, they didn't answer. <laughs> my Toyota pickup got a new windshield because a tree fell on it. That's right. And uh, my Ranger <laughs> got a new windshield because when I bought it, it was all over the place, cracks. Yeah, it was a shop truck. Huh. But so you know, look at the glass. Look underneath the car. I always do that. I always bring bring a flashlight. Bring, with you. Yeah, and you know, look to see if there's any rust. 
I always look in the fender wells first, start at the back end, and then look on the rocker panels. The passenger side will tend to be worse because usually there's more slush on that side of the road and it kicks up more salt. If you're up north. If you're up north. Yeah. Don't yep. be afraid to get down on the floor and roll underneath this thing and look around. Yeah. You I know, mean, you have every right to look every inch of this vehicle over if you're buying it. If it's at the owner's house and it was garage they might pull it out but you know kind of look in the garage is there any leaks on the floor where you might see the car parked um or is there anything dripping from the car speaking (laughs) of pulling it out of the garage i generally before i come pick up a vehicle or look at a vehicle ask them to not start it from that point until i get there yeah Um, you want them to start it cold i will i will almost always pop the hood first and put my hand on the header or manifold and make sure it's cold because yeah. I want to hear how it starts cold, because that's a big deal. Yeah. If they start like crap cold, or if it's got a rattle or a knock, it's going to come out more or when it's cold. Or there's a fuel system issue. Correct. Um, it can start hard. Yeah, fero problems. Fero problems, I know that firsthand. Uh, so, I mean, I like to let people make sure that it's cold first. Yeah. So, before I even show up there. So, on to... Well... Do you have anything else for condition? I was going to say, look at the tires. Do oh, they yeah. all match? You know, at least... Are there two matching set of tires, you know, front and rear? Or if all four tires don't match, that's usually a red flag. Yeah, it means they don't give a crap. Yeah, they don't care. You know, the front driver's tire is no tread, and the front driver's pass or the front driver's passenger is brand new. Like, make sure the tires are worn evenly too, so there's yeah. not any sort of an alignment issue or that kind of thing. They didn't buy. So. I don't know what's the what's the cheapest tire brand you can buy today. I don't even know. There's a couple different retread companies out there that do some really sketchy stuff. Yeah, Korean tires. So yeah, don't 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 buy sketchy tires, guys. Yeah, you know if if they've got you know newer, or I'd say a good brand of tires like Michelin mm-hmm. or Continental or Pirelli, even like a Hankook or Hankook or Goodyear. You know that something those, that shows that they care a little. Yeah, bit. and they didn't buy some brand you've never heard of that they sell yeah. it. Chinese at Walmart for the cheapest $38 a tire. <laughs> when I bought my white Fiero, yeah. uh, it needed tires and it had 14 inch rims. I went to Walmart and got some Goodyear's put on it. I think I paid like $75 a tire. I was with Mountain Balance. <laughs> I was pretty happy about that. The kid that stayed in my house this summer, that's another story, but uh, his car needed a tire, and we brought it to Walmart, and he paid $54 for one tire. Wow. It didn't have a brand name on it. It just said, all-season tire on the side. <laughs> it's probably good for 20,000 miles. Uh, he, his car blew up already, yeah. so he doesn't care. But another thing I just thought of, panel gaps. Panel Check gap. those out. Yep. Um, it's a sign it could have been smashed. Yeah, it was in an accident. Or if you know, a fender or a door looks shinier than the rest. Might be newer paint. Um, you know, that would be a sign there was some repair work done. Or they just got bored buffing and stopped. Yeah, I mean, if <laughs> you walked up to my Saturn, you would notice that the passenger fender has really bad orange peel. Every po- Isn't that every panel on that car been replaced? No, the, just all the front-end panels. That's a separate story for a different day. But the last... The, the last time the car got hit, it's been hit multiple times. My dad just bought a fender and just spray painted it with a cheap sprayer and silver paint he bought at the hardware store. So it doesn't really match and it looks poor. And, you know, that's the reason why this car has been, it's a, what is it, 17 year old car. So no one's going to care. But, you know, if it's a newer car and it's like that, I'd be a little bit, I'd be leery about that. Yeah. 
So check out the interior. Make sure there's no rips. Yeah. Weird stuff. A, stains. A good sign. Um, what's the condition of the driver's seat at the side where you would get in and out is all worn and beat up, and the car's not that old. It probably means it was um, a lot of city driving, a lot of getting in and out of the vehicle. So that's something to look for. I always like to look at the conditions of the door jams. Do they look clean? Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically, you know, I'll open up all the doors and check and, you know, look underneath the where you can't see from just, yeah. um, you know, getting into the vehicle. You know, how clean is that? And I like to flip open the fuel door. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm anal about that. I always clean that out when I, I wash my wash car. I always wash my fuel door. You know, if it's caked full of gravel and dirt or and you leaves. just spilled a couple of gas drops on there, whatever, it can make rust. And Yeah. So, you know, look at that. Um, so another thing I like to do when I'm before I even get in a vehicle or drive it is if it's a vehicle with only the five figure odometer, odometer which are pretty rare now. Yeah. But if you're looking at one, the best way to tell how many times that the odometer is rolled over is to look at the pedals. Yeah. If the, if the pedals are really worn off, that thing might most likely have been over at least one time, maybe two. But if the pedals are brand new, look, or look, no, you don't want to look brand new. But if they look like, you know, they're appropriate for the age of the car, you're probably, you might roll, roll over once or not at all, even. Yeah. Or if the car says it has 50,000 miles on it and the brake pedal looks like it has no rubber left on it, it probably has 150 or 250. Or it was a taxi and had its brakes <laughs> beat up on it. <laughs> so, yeah, look at the pedals. It's just an indication of is everything, you know, kosher here? Yeah. Because even change like some cars, the odometer part is just in the in the cluster, so they can change out the cluster and have a different amount of miles. Yep. So uh, it just makes sure the just make sure the car is kosher. Yeah. That's basically all I have for condition overall until we get into the oh. more in depth condition. I saw a car today. It made me think about this. Headlights. Oh. One, it was um, mid two thousands Honda Civic. One of the headlights looked brand new. And the other was yellow and completely fogged over. And clearly, you know, there's a reason why the other, you know, if it got broken. Yeah, it got broken, whether they hit someone. Headlights come in pairs. Why not replace both of them? So, you know, that's a great question. So, you know, if I was buying this car, I would point blank ask that person, why do the headlights not match? Lazy. That's why. Yeah. So for mechanical health, the first thing I like to do always is look at the oil. Yep. Pull the dipstick and ask for a paper towel. And we want a white paper towel and pull out and wipe the dipstick on the paper towel and look at the color of the oil on the paper towel. Is it nice and like honey gold to brown? It's good. If that's getting really freaking black, I'd start to ask some questions. Yeah. Why hasn't the oil been changed? Or can you, you know, a question I would say, can you show me a receipt? from the last from the most recent oil change and if it's four miles before it's due okay yeah why haven't you changed the oil then that'd be my next question but um uh, along with that my favorite question to ask is what kind of oil did you run in this yeah if they rattle off right away i ran pens oil full synthetic great if they really think about it and are like oh whatever the shop puts in i it's not a deal breaker but it's just something i'll I, I like to know. Yeah. It's like, you know, someone asked me on like my Corolla, what what do you, what, what oil do you run? I run Valvoline full synthetic with the Lucas oil full synthetic stabilizer. If someone knows their car and knows a little bit about cars, they'll generally know what kind of oil they run in it. Yep. Um, another thing to look for, look at the oil filter. 
If it says Fram on it, run away. Please. Don't buy it. If we it, don't like Frams on this fr- podcast. No, don't buy a Fram. Buy a Wix. Buy a Wix. Those are good. Pure later, K&N. Yeah. You know, they're all good. Wix is my favorite. AC Delco. So, Motorcraft. Yeah, Motorcraft. If you have a Ford, you should probably run a Motorcraft on it. There's yeah. a little difference. The Wix filters use a different kind of check valve and stuff in them, where the Frams use Not, a cardboard check valve. We should, we should do an episode on that. We should. Oil and filters. We should. Not all oil filters are created equal. No, not all oil is created equal yes, either. completely so, agree. But one thing, if they do say they run a like a house brand oil, like a Parts Master, that's necessarily not necessarily bad because Parts Master oil, for instance, is Valvoline in a yeah. different bottle for cheaper. Some of those cheaper oils are made by the big, the so, big guys. Now, if they run the crap off of the local Marathon gas station shelf, probably not great. But yeah. I always like, you know, speaking of oil, um, look around the oil fill cap. You know, take it off and then look, flip it over and look on the back yeah. side. If there's a bunch of white goop on the back of the if cap. If it's got milkshake, run. Yeah, that means it's... Um, blown head gasket. Blown head gasket, or it's had a lot of just short city yeah, trips. on, off, on, off. Yeah, my Saturn's that way. It's because you drive nowhere. Well... I mean, the car's been in my family for 11 years, and the entire time it was in our family, it was all short trips around town, mm-hmm. and that's the way it's been, so I know that. Yep. Um, but, you know, look around the fill cap. Does it look like it's oil's been continuously dumped in it, and you can see spills ev- you know, everywhere, either on the plastic um, shroud or on, you know, just around the fill area? So that's something to look for and ask about. So... Um, the next thing I like to do is pop the air filter box open unless it's like 40,000 screws. And then I don't do it until yeah. I'm about ready to say I'll buy this. Yeah. But if it's real easy, I quick look at it. If it looks nice and clean, great. If it's not like, hey, when's the last time you changed this thing? Um, another thing, gra- take your flashlight that you brought with you because we know you brought a flashlight with you. Yes. Or your smart, phone. Small, smart buyers bring a flashlight. Look up the intake tube and make sure there's no dust past where the filter is. Because that's a sign that they either use a cheap filter or didn't change it enough. And that's, you don't want dust up there. That means it got dust in your motor. Yeah. Um, also, make sure there's no oil running down the, that tube because that can point to other signs of mechanical issues. Um, then, if it's an automatic, I like to uh, check the transmission, check the fluid. transmission <laughs> fluid. Now, um, it's not warm yet, so you can't check level. But this part you have to do when it's cold so you don't hurt yourself. Yeah. Pull it out, look at it. It should look nice and red. Smell it. If your nose isn't that great, or my more favorite test is uh, just take a little, 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 little drop and stick it on your tongue and taste it. It should taste kind of sweet. If it tastes burnt, that transmission's shot. Yeah. So now don't go guzzling transmission fluid, people. <laughs> we don't need a Tide don't Pod go challenge. Guzzling any fluids for your vehicle for your vehicle unless it's just water i wouldn't be drinking water out of a car i wouldn't drink it out of the car no but um uh for smell make sure it smells kind of sweeter and not burnt yeah um if it's burnt that transmission's on its way out if if you're buying from the owner you know on craigslist um or even ebay you could ask and it's an automatic you know when's the last time the transmission fluid was serviced yeah they don't know and they've had the car for six years and put a hundred thousand miles on it not great. Not great. So now turn the ignition on and does pl- the car start up fine? Well, before you even start it, 
Put your OBD2 scanner in there, which uh, we're yes. going to talk about in a second. Yes. Which you're all going to go buy because it's cheap enough, but we're not there yet. And everyone should have one. And everyone should have one if you own a car. But plug your OBD2 scanner in there and scan it and look for codes. Now, you're going to leave that OBD2 scanner in after this point on. You're going to start it up. It's going to make, now you're going to get out as fast as you can after you start it and get by the motor and listen for naddle, naddles, <laughs> naddles, <laughs> rattles, rattles, and knocks, knocks, squeaks, yeah. any noise that's not a nice, smooth purr. Just kind of look at stuff and then you're going to take it for a test drive. Well, smell the exhaust a little bit. Make sure it smells yeah. like normal exhaust and not, if it smells super sweet, it means you're burning coolant. Or if it puffs white smoke. You're burning coolant. Yeah. If it's blue smoke and smells disgusting, you're burning oil. Yep. And if it's black smoke, you got some sort of a misfire issue. Yeah. Or the back bumper's all sooty. That's something to look yep. for we yeah, didn't look, mention. Yep. Look for the black back, especially if it's a white car, it's easiest to tell. Yeah. Then you're going to get in and take it for a test drive. And by test drive, you're going to beat the snot out of it. To an extent. I always do. I If test the drive. owner's with you, you're going to beat the snot so, out of it. Well, actually, I, I speaking of the owner with you. I will really like to, if it's someone's car that I'm buying, then they're there. Ask them to take me for a ride in it first. I want to see how they drive it. Oh, that's a good point. I never thought about so, that. So uh, when we bought our Razor, I did that and went for a ride with a guy first. And, you know, he took me for a ride and we had, he, he made it spirited, but not abusive. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, that's great. But like, if, you know, if they're like rev lining and banging gears and everything else i'm like eh, no thank you yeah so i've had people ask to, for me to take them on a ride in the car before so that's a good point but um after that you know i really want to go by myself i generally will put up a fuss if the owner asks to go with me i want to go by myself i don't want them with me if they insist on it whatever i guess but uh, i like to go you know do a couple wide open throttle pulls listen for noises feel for like misses or it's like doesn't feel like it's got as much power as it should that kind of stuff get it up to operating temperature get it well as fast as the speed limit in the area allows you to and then just pound the brakes see yeah. what happens if it darts to one side it rattles vibrates weird stuff happens and then after the car's all warmed up and whatever i like to pull in a parking lot and do a full inspection without the owner sitting there and it's running while it's running yeah um go pull the uh oil fill cap while it's running, and um, look for blow-by. What's blow-by, Paul? So blow-by... I don't know that. Okay, so blow-by is basically excess combustion gases getting past the piston rings into the crankcase. And then that gas has to go somewhere. So generally it goes through the PCV tube uh, into the back into the intake. Yep. But when you pull the oil fill cap off, you just made the path way easier than the PCV tube. So Fluids go to the path of least resistance. Yes, and air gas is a fluid yep so um when you pull that cap off if it's just freaking spewing out smoke or, or even oil shoots the cap across the parking shoots the lot cap across the parking lot <laughs> blow by is when you're looking at it like this and you don't have a blow by meter i mean unless you're going to take your avl blow by meter for thousands of dollars with Paul you. does this for a living so so speaking above all of us right now the most uh quantitative way i have found to look at blow by without a meter with me is after I unscrew the cap, can I just set it on the hole? If it does kind of like sits there and vibrates and puffs a little bit, great. If it f- throws it off, too much blow by. Yeah. So 
Now, this is idling, not giving it the beans. Yeah, just sitting at idle. So now have someone give it a little bit of gas and kind of watch it. Don't, like, you know, run it to the rev limiter. No, 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 no. Just give it a little gas and look at it and, you know, make sure nothing's crazy happening. It's pretty obvious when, like, you know, it's going bad and there's, like, just clouds of freaking choo-choo train smoke coming out. So after that, I think. Another thing um, with the engine bay, if you open up the hood, something that would stand out to me as a good sign is if the previous owner um, – has if there's any writings on the inside of the engine bay you know like what type of oil does it use the capacity the oil filter part number and if those are written on there that's a good sign it probably means that the vehicle has been maintained to um the level it should be and that mm-hmm. the owner cares about it the the last thing i have for the test drive would be you know get it up to past highway speeds like 80 miles an hour yeah and make sure 80 miles an hour really Highway speed 75. 70. Uh, we have 75 mile hour speed limits here in Michigan. Oh, then, okay. I'm sorry. So get with the times, Grandma. <laughs> so get her up to eight, like 75, 80 miles an hour. Don't get yourself a ticket. Yeah. But, you know, take your hand off the wheel and does it go straight? Does it shake like a banshee? If it's not going to go straight, don't take your hand off the wheel. You can tell that beforehand. Yeah. Does it shake? Make sure it should be nice and smooth and run good. So that's what I got for the test drive and mechanically looking at the vehicle. When you actually, oh, one more thing, when you get it warm, leave it running and idling, and then you can check your transmission fluid after it's at operating temperature if it's a automatic. Yep. So then you can check your trans fluid. So, Isaac, do you want to talk about your car history, or we got into that enough? Um, you know, it's good when you're to the point of negotiating, um, whether you're at the dealership or private party, ask to see the title. Um. If it's a newer vehicle and they say uh, there's lean on the title, I don't have it, that can be a little bit of concern. Um, maybe say, okay, you know, who has the title? And if they say a local bank, range to go, and you're doing this private party, range to go to the bank and look at the title. And I, I recommend that because you want to see, um, you know, is the title clean? Has, has it, does it have a salvage, you know, or is it repaired? Um, does it have any type of branding on it? Like, uh, was it a buyback? Um, lemons, by law, have to have a buyback on them. Was it wrecked? Um, theft recovery, abandonment. You know, was it in service of taxi or police? So it's good to see the physically see the title and look at it. So I always recommend that. And then I think the last thing we have for buying a used car is the most boring thing that Isaac added. This. So I threw insurance on here. Um, and if you're going to buy a used car, people skip over this a lot. And it comes to bite them in the butt later on get the vin number call up your insurance agent and say hey i'm thinking about buying this car what would insurance cost on it and i only say that because um year and a half ago when i was when i wanted to get rid of my dodge dart i was looking um at a ford fiesta st or ford focus st and here in michigan granted we live in michigan which has the most expensive car insurance in the country no Um, fault insurance yeah no fault insurance you could run over a whole bunch of little children, and it's n- n- not your fault. <laughs> but you're still going to jail. But yeah. from the insurance company, it's, it's not, not your, your fault. fault. And, you know, the insurance on those two vehicles was absolutely outrageous. And by absolutely outrageous, I mean it was over $200 a month for insurance on it. And, you know, if you're on a budget, that's hard. That's hard to 
um, stomach, especially if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna finance the car, you have to pay the car payment and the insurance. Um, so it doesn't take much time. Quick, do it, and it's also a little bit easier for your insurance man. It gives them a heads up that you know you're thinking about getting a different vehicle, and they can start getting that paperwork put together. Yeah. So I think that's all we got for how to buy a used car. If you have any more questions on it or specific details, feel free to shoot us an email or slide into our DMs. (laughs) We'll get you taken care of. So uh, uh, Isaac, you got us a random car fact? Random car fact. Okay, so what do the brands Subaru and Yugo have in common? This is one I actually knew. Really? I did. I'm surprised. You t- we talked about it like a year and a half ago. Okay, that's true. <laughs> so if we did talk about it, you wouldn't have known about it. I think I would have. They, uh, I forgot where I heard about it. I think maybe, it was on a head-to-head they talked about it. Maybe people actually know this. So um, what Subaru and Yugo have in common is Malcolm Bricklin was the man responsible for bringing both car companies to the United States. Um, Malcolm Bricklin is an interesting fella. Um, he originally imported Subarus to the United States in 1968. Then after that, he started manufacturing his own car, the Bricklin SV1, um, in 1974. I, look this thing up. I don't know what that looks the like. The Bricklin was a peach. Oh, my goodness. It was made in Canada, had a fiberglass body, had a Ford engine, Goling-style well, doors. If it's got a Ford engine, it's got to be pretty good. Uh, it was heavy, slow, and unreliable. And the quality was crap. It's kind of like a modern day Tesla, but you know what it reminds me most of? It looks like a a Mustang, a Corvette, and a DeLorean had a child. That's yeah, that's a good way to summarize it. Um, that didn't last very long because in 1982 he started. He wanted to import the Fiat X19. That lasted, I think, like six months. And then, <laughs> and sweet business adventure. Yeah, and then in 1985, he brought the Yugo to the United States. So he, you know, all of his ventures failed, um, except Subaru, his first one. I have a fun Yugo fact. What's that? It's the only vehicle ever to be blown off the Mackinac Bridge. That is true. I knew that. So, which, on that note, um, and reason this fun car fun fact of the day came about was um i recently read the book called the yugo the rise and fall of the worst car in history um i bought it off surprise you don't own one ha 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 you're so funny (laughs) it's small and terribly unreliable why do you not own one hey the fiero is not unterribly unreliable paul i didn't say fiero yeah you were hinting at it but uh I bought this book off Amazon. I kind of stumbled upon it. It cost me like two bucks. Great read. Um, we'll put the link in the show notes. If you like history, um, it's a good book. It's kind of comical. It talks about Malcolm Bricklin and the history of the Yugo. So recommend it. So, All right. Now I have a cool tool. So um, our cool tool for this week is the Bluetooth OBD2 scanner. These things are freaking fantastic, guys. If you, if you don't own one, go buy one. If you own a car and don't own one of these, you're wasting money. It is $8.99 on Amazon, and you basically buy it. And if you don't know what an OBD2 port is, so we should probably mention that for those people. There's a uh, If you own a vehicle made after 1996, um, there is a port underneath the dash that's kind of um, like a rhombus shape. 
And that's uh, a good way to describe it. <laughs> uh, rhombus. It's a rhombus. And uh, you don't know what a rhombus is. Read a book. Go back to geometry oh, or kindergarten. Yes. So this plugs in underneath the dash. It's probably three inches by two inches by an inch, and um, it Bluetooths to your phone. And then you download the app called Torque Pro, um, which was like four dollars on the app store. Um, or if you have an iPhone, you can't do that. If you, have, you don't have an iPhone, you can't do that. Well, Isaac talk about the iPhone part later. Yeah, I have a Android, so um, but uh, so you download the Torque Pro app. <clears throat> After you get that, it's four ninety nine. You can get a free version, which is basically useless. So just ante up and buy four ninety nine. So you're f- less than fifteen dollars in to this tool that'll save you hundreds. And once you get inside the Torque Pro app. You have a few different, uh, you have to link them. Um, if you use Bluetooth, there's instructions on both the Torque app and the the um, scanner. When inside the Torque app, you'll know that they're connected when the main dial that reads Excel, when you open it up, acceleration, it's just reading the accelerometer in your phone, changes to RPM. And once it changes to RPM, you have a few different options. Your first one is fault codes. You can click on fault codes and then scan for fault codes. And this will read every code in the, that the um, ECM has thrown that is not an airbag or a ABS code. You need to spend more money, like thousands, to get to those. Because those are considered safety codes, so there's different rules about how you can read them. Um, so, and then you can read your fault codes, and it'll tell you, like, what's wrong. Like, you know, um, the, the most common one I get on my car is my gas cap's a piece of crap, so it has an emissions leak. Um, and it tells you your most common repairs for that and that kind of thing. Or you can go over to what's called real-time data and set up all the different gauges that you want. So my main screen of gauges has an intake gauge, which reads um, my intake um, pressure. And then I have a voltage gauge, which reads voltage of the, uh, the battery. And then I have a um, intake temperature gauge, which reads my intake temperature. Um, coolant temperature gauge, timing advance, which uh, shows the timing advance of the throttle or the uh, ignition timing advance. Then I have a cam timing advance to see when my cams phase, um, which is this is getting a little overly in in depth here. Um, n- no one really cares when their cams phase except for me, um, or really when their timing advance happens either. And you pro- if you if you're that in depth, you probably already have one of these. And then throttle percentage, um, my miles per gallon instant, and then um, my air fuel ratios. All of these let you read different things about your how your engine's running. And if you're not super into engines and don't know what values you should be reading, your best bet before you go buy a used car would be to get in a car that you know is running well and then go read all these and kind of get a guesstimate range where they're supposed to be and then go test drive your car. So um, I... That's what I have about this OBD2 scanner. It is fantastic. Mine actually also links up to my um, uh, multimedia player and my head unit, so I can read them through my head unit in my car also. But um, Isaac's going to talk now about how you can get it to an iPhone because he is over there on poverty phone version. (laughs) So if you don't have a fancy Android phone like Paul... um, My phone's a pile. It barely turns on. (laughs) Yeah, and you have a great iPhone like me... Unfortunately, there is not good OBD2 options out there that can sync up to your phone. There are some, but they're pretty pricey. So this this one I found there says it's for iOS. Really? Mm-hmm. What version? 
Um, I don't know. It just says iOS. Why would I know that? When I looked a couple years ago, there weren't any. So options there out has there. stuff that's changed. All the guys that work have yeah um, iPhones, and I'm pretty sure most of them have the scanners. So I bought mine three years ago, and at that time there wasn't. Um, the technology changes pretty quick. So there probably are options out there. Regardless, if you're looking for a cheap option that does not require your cell phone, um, if you go into Amazon and type OBD2 scanner, what's going to come up towards the top of the list is the Atel MaxiScan OBD2. We'll put the link in the description. Yes. Um, it's the ones you most likely would see at the auto parts store for $40. I think I paid 12 on Amazon for mine. Um, honestly, it works awesome. Um, you plug it in. It takes a few seconds to turn on, load up. It reads you the scans. It allows you to clear them. It, you know, it's not the fancy like the professional mechanics were, or even Paul's for that matter. But if you want to know why your check engine light's on, this will tell you. The, the difference between these and the fancy mechanic ones that you see at the like, dealership is ours will only read out values or information. Yeah. Though theirs, they can go in and like change solenoid positions yep. and force things to do things. And if you don't know what you're doing, you can really screw crap up in a hurry. Yep. So, you know, this is a great option. Um, if you're on a budget or you got multiple cars, you know, they're cheap. You can throw one in each car. You don't think about it. And if you got check engine light, hey, it's in the glove box. Yep. Plug it in, gives you the, the code, and then you can go look up what to do for that. So I think that's what we got there. Let's move on to Craigslist Showdown. Craigslist Showdown. All right. Uh, I will post my link in. I'll do mine first because we went first last week. Well, first, yes. hold on. We Last week we forgot to announce we who won the, yes. first, the first one. So the first one we're going to call a draw because Isaac got three genuine what, likes. What was my vehicle? Your vehicle was the baritone. The baritone. And mine the was baritone the coupe. Land uh, Rover Defender Land Rover, Baja yeah. edition. So Isaac got three genuine likes. This is on Instagram. On Instagram. And I got two genuine likes, and then I liked it myself from my own personal <laughs> account. And then Isaac doesn't have a personal account, so he doesn't have the joy of doing that. But then I also got a genuine comment, so we're going to call it a draw. A draw. Um, last week, Isaac had the Honda weird van. Axie van. And I had... The micro van. The, you yeah, had the JDM. the JDM van, yeah. I had... Uh, what did I have the last Subaru week? Leon. Oh, Come the on. Subaru Leon. You're right. And uh, <laughs> I got three likes, and Isaac got five. Yeah. So Isaac wins. I liked I Paul. I liked yours better than mine. Mine was cool. Yeah. I digged it. I would have bought. But, yeah. Some, there's some people from like JDM land that actually like liked yours though, like <laughs> across the pond land. So there is my link in the description. Um, this week we're in. Des Mo oh my we're, gosh. <laughs> we're in Des Moines, Iowa, because that's where one of our viewer questions Dwight from last week sent was. Us a question last Dwight, week yes. from Des Moines. So my car this week is a 1967. Jeep brush truck slash fire hey, we truck. We picked the same manufacturer. So this is it, it says it's a Jeep, but it really looks like a Kaiser. I got I gotta pull up this. Um, well, it's a 1967 Jeep Kaiser, um, that was converted into a volunteer fire truck in New Mexico. So this thing is bright yellow with big old mud tires, a big old bumper and winch, and it's got the big pump in the back for pumping all oh, kinds this thing of water. Is cool. It's really, I just really dig it. It's different. It's eight, it's got eighteen thousand miles, and they're only asking eighty seven hundred dollars. Whoa! Like I feel like this is probably worth closer to fifteen. So if you have eighty seven hundred dollars and want to go to Iowa, you could hey, probably make some money. Everyone should go to Iowa. 
Isaac's from Iowa, so he kind of gets defensive of the corn. Yeah. He is a child of the corn. I'm not a child of the corn. I just I enjoy the state. It's my home state. He talks about how great it is all the time, but he's never brought me there to show me how great it is. Well, you can come with me next weekend. Uh, I'm going to be in Texas. Well, it looks like you can't go to the great state of Iowa. Oh, too bad. I'm going to miss all the corn. You're going to miss this Kaiser. For the beach. This Jeep brush truck. This Jeep brush truck is freaking sweet. I dig this thing. So that is my Craigslist showdown pick of the week. And mine in the same family is a 1953 Willys wagon rat rod. Um, this thing has is your dad already gone to buy this yet? No, I don't think he's seen it. My dad has a, I gotta think about this 59 Willys truck. So the, those Willys were truck and wagon. Those were the model names. Um, but this thing was a wagon and it has been lowered. It looks like it's about three inches off the ground. This thing, that looks very interesting. <laughs> it's got... I don't know, this big old fat tire uh, they dug re- into uh, the rear. I really dig it, but they really botched the seats. Yeah, so they put in, uh, these are Chrysler minivan seats. Yeah, I know exactly. this because I, as a child, I rode around in those seats. They re- they're they the same seats out of my, that my grandpa's uh, Dodge Grand Caravan Yeah, the same They same really botched, they, but they pulled the headrests out of them. So. Yeah, that's at least, I mean, the seats are comfy. But it says 1953 uh, Rat Willys 350. No, 350. I'm confused. This. Uh, it's got the 350 the throttle body, body injected, injected 375 turbo. turbo. Okay. Which is the transmission, but I didn't know they made I thought it was a turbo 350. Yeah. So I'm not I'm sure confused. about that. Top has been chopped five inches. Wheelbase was stretched 21. Um, custom build frame, a lot of new parts. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more details, but. Listed for fifteen thousand dollars. If if you know more about GM transmissions than we do, please tell us what the three seventy five turbo trans is. If it's a thing, I really think it's a turbo three fifty. It looks like a turbo three fifty. It's got some decal on the side of it. I can't tell. Wacky Willies. Wacky Willies. <laughs> and but the, the my 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 oil. I really dig this, but I have two gripes with it. What's that? The seats. And why in the heck would they put a throttle body injection on a rat rod? As someone who spent a significant amount of time, by significant, I mean way more than I ever wanted to, working with throttle body fuel injection to try to make power, why? It's probably cheap. Carburetor's still going to be cheaper. Regardless, but some people like me don't want to deal with carburetors. But they're simple and reliable. (laughs) That was a a jab at me for an upcoming episode. episode. We're going to do more on reliability. Behind the scenes from last week's episode, Paul and I got in a very heated disagreement about reliability of vehicles. Yes, we so did. We are. We're, we had a more viewer questions on it, so we're coming back to that in we the are future. Coming, yes, we are. But I think that's all we got for tonight. Um, in closing, uh, check us out on social media. We've Shifting got Gears Podcast on Facebook. S H I F T apostrophe N N. So on Facebook, Shifting Gears, no apostrophe. On and Instagram. On Instagram. Send us an email. All the links will be in the description below. Um, submit sub- your questions. Su- submit your questions. Leave us a review. Let us know what more you want to hear. If we're boring the crap out of you yeah, or whatever, tell, tell us. us. Yep. So keep shifting gears. Keep and shifting we're gears. We're going to keep making podcasts. And Have a great night.